Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Benny J. And yo, it's your boy, the miracle of Collegeville in the building. And this is Internal Explosion, the podcast, episode number 13. Ain't nothing about no luck here. This episode is called Honey. And we're talking about the honey bee. We're not talking no Mariah Carey, even mm. though that love is just like honey. Just like honey. Mm. Me and Mariah go, go back, back like, like babies, babies and pacifiers. We're going to start out today after that nonsense with a scripture. And that scripture comes from Proverbs chapter 16, verse 24. And it says, gracious words are a honeycomb, sweet to the soul and healing to the bones. So let's take that into perspective here. Let's take a real close look at that. It doesn't say truth is like the honey. It says gracious words. So what does it mean to be gracious? It probably means, in many cases, that we're not reacting towards somebody in the way that we're telling them truth. We're not coming at them, per se. We're saying it in a way that is, it gives them the greatest opportunity to be receptive to whatever it is we want to say to them. And if it's something that is actually of the truth and that it's fundamentally good for them, most people are going to receive it really well if you say it with the intention of helping them, of being a blessing to them and encouragement. And if we're really thinking about how good it feels to be loved by another, think about a time where someone told you the truth and it saved you from something mm -hmm. tragic. There's no greater feeling than knowing you were rescued from potential disaster because someone else shared wisdom with you in a way that you could receive. How many times have people said something to you in a harsh manner, in a way that made you want to turn away from them and even maybe made you angry toward them and possibly want to take revenge? Because we know that happens too. We get all ramped up in ourselves when somebody says something that crosses our values or our morals or what we consider, what we consider being the truth. And when we start to get defensive and reactive like that, we don't hear the truth anymore. We just start to come at, we come against, we start to build up the protective shell around our hearts because we're, we're reacting in fear. So the biggest key here with the idea of the truth is making sure that it's offered in a way that tastes sweet to the hearer. Wow, um, because you, you can attract more people with honey then you do a salt. Or vinegar. Or vinegar. It's just one of those things. You know, I think of the scripture, and I don't know exactly where it is, but the scripture that talks about the power of the tongue, how the tongue can do two things, either build up or tear down. And, you know, once there, there's an analogy out there that talks about toothpaste. You know, once you squeeze it out, you cannot put it back in, uh, similar to words. And you cannot, once those words are out there in the atmosphere, you cannot bring them back. You can apologize, but still it's already out there. And so whenever we speak, we always have two options, either to, to build up or tear down. Um, I'm going to pause right there because I want to unpack that a little bit, but I want to give you that alley-oop real quick. You said something that took me back to a, an object lesson my mom gave my brother and I when we were young. And it was actually the toothpaste lesson. Hmm. I did that. 
Nice. My mom said, if you squeeze all the toothpaste out of this toothpaste tube and you're able to get it all back in once you've squeezed it out, I'll give you $20. <laughs> and I knew back then that, I, you know, it's funny. I should have known better because we were broke. Mm. And $20 <laughs> was a lot of money then. So I should have known that there was some kind of trick. So she used this. I went, I went hard. I went hard in the paint on this one. I squeezed it all out. And then I used, I, I put all of it in my mouth to try to spit it back <laughs> into the tube. Yo, my mouth must have smelled so fresh and minty. Mm. Because it was a tube of Aquafresh. Ooh. Wow. Product placement. Ooh. Ew. I don't even <laughs> use that junk. But, you know, no more product placement. Sensodyne. Oh, God. So, yo, I tried so hard to put all that toothpaste back in, and I thought I was successful. And I said, Mom, look, I did it. Where's my $20? And she says, what about all that residue that's left on the paper towel that you left there? Oh. And I was like, let's not talk about it. Because I just want the $20. I don't want an object lesson. Didn't you understand that when you started this with us? So what I learned from that was you can, you can say all of these different things. You can speak all you want. You can use free speech. Freedom of speech is an opportunity to express yourself without caution. You can do that. But the reality is once it comes out of your mouth, your heart has been expressed and that open expression becomes a part of the reality that is out there. You can't take it back ever. So even if you, even if you go out and do some repair work, some remedial work from what you said and did, you're never going to get it all back. You're going to have to deal with the consequences that you've spoken certain things and those things become permanent, a part of the ethos. It's, it's interesting you say that because in this era of social media, once you say one thing, it is it is out there and it, it lives forever. So things that we have written like 10 years ago are still out there. And, you know, we see this in sports. We see this in, in the arts with celebrities, how you know these people are uplifted. And then people will go out, go out trying to assassinate their character and go back to a post that has aged not so well. And then... That's almost like an indictment on their character. They will lift up something that someone said in anger or said during a, a rough season of their life. Mm -hmm. And they'll just say, well, this is their true character. And yeah. it just shows once again that once words are out there, they are out there. And if it's something that's negative, it takes so much time to repair that um, over, over time. Um, but I'm I'm thinking about your your scripture again. Um, it didn't say anything about conditions, and so you know, gracious words are like a honeycomb, sweet to the soul and healing to the bones. Mm -hmm. But what if someone speaks ill of you? Mm. You know, there there weren't any conditions in there. It just says what it says about the power of words. Mm -hmm. And so it's real easy, you know, at least for me, it's real easy to speak with kind words when someone is kind to me. But what about when people are speaking ill of me? You know, when they're talking about my my character, talking about, you know, I'm, I'm a bad parent or a bad um, employee, a bad colleague or bad anything else. I think that's when we're put to the to the test, yeah. which ties into a lot of other scriptures about, you know, being patient, about speaking kind words. Because if you speak kind words to someone that speaks ill, it's like heaping coals or ashes on their on their forehead. Yeah. And so... Even though we know all these things, it's still hard. 
oh, yeah. to to speak with kindness, especially when our character is being assassinated. Yeah, I would I would agree with you one hundred percent, Chris. When I think about the idea of speaking things that are like honey to the hearer, uh, that are that taste sweet like honey to the lips, I also think about the fact that raw honey is imperishable, meaning it never mm. goes bad. That yeah. is crazy. Right. It's isn't it the isn't it one of the only, only things? things? Yeah. Like it might be. Is it the only thing? One of food wise. Yeah, food wise, definitely. Like, most foods are perishable. That's why mm-hmm. they're called perishable items. They will go bad. Mm-hmm. Uh, they'll break down. They'll be disgusting. Bacteria will overtake them. Okay. For whatever reason, the enzymes within uh, nature's honey from these w- wonderful bees, the buzzing little bees <laughs> in the buzzing little trees. There is the ability for that honey to not go bad. And it's the same in this analogy where what we speak to others, if it's full of power and truth and it's done with a gracious spirit, it could live on forever in another person. There is so much power in the tongue, in the, in the speech that God's given us. Just like God, where he spoke and things existed, mm. he literally spoke things into existence He's given us the power to speak things into existence, too, on a more micro level. He's told us that we can actually speak into the spiritual realm in the name of Jesus and command different things. This is a wild idea, something that most people aren't talking about, even in church, because it sounds too uh, hyper-spiritual or mystical. But the reality is God has granted us power by the Holy Spirit, things that are going to be magnificent, marvelous, mysterious in nature. Just like the gospel itself is a mystery. The stuff that we believe in is not, it's not a, it's not a simple formula. It's, it's simple as far as believing it like a child with that childlike faith. But as far as actually understanding the conceptual framework of what it all means and how it works, forget about it. Mm. There's no way you're going to make sense of all that stuff. But the bottom line is, When wisdom is offered to another person or encouragement is offered to another person in a gracious manner, which is not not out of frustration, not out of uh, anger or just pure reactivity, not out of malice, not to try to use flattery as a form of deception. If it's genuine from the heart, you're going to touch people in ways that nobody, nobody thought possible. It could literally change their lives. You could say words that could be the seeds sown into their heart that God uses to bring them along into repentance. You never know. We're the hands and feet of Jesus. Therefore, the things that we say and do are the things that are going to take root and give opportunity for a harvest to be to be had by God himself. Oh, man. What about church hurt? Think about church hurt, church hurt, man. And, you know, how, how, many, how many people have gone to church and someone judges them for what they wear. Oh yeah. Or judges them for being too loud, you know, not not knowing the liturgy or singing out off key or whatever. And <laughs> like 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 dumb stuff. Like 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 dumb stuff and Yes. Or or your baby's too loud, you know, go go somewhere else. And those people are looking for a genuine relationship. You know, they may be young in the faith and they're mm-hmm. just looking for church. They want to try this thing out the same way we're inviting you to go to church. If you don't hear those words filled with honey, you know, those, those kind words, those non-judgmental words, then that that's where we end up in this situation we're in now where affiliation with churches is on the decline. 
And yeah. truthfully, it's been declining for decades. You know, this is not a new phenomenon. You know, the last 50 years has seen a decline in church membership mm-hmm. um, more sharply now, but it's been a gradual decline yep. um, for, for many, many years. Interesting you say 50 years, because that was around how long it's been since postmodern was introduced mm. in the 70s. Yeah. Interesting thought, though. Yeah. 50 yeah. years. Think about how long that took to take deep root as it has now, mm-hmm. where your truth is your truth and my truth is my truth. But then we don't talk about the actual reality that is between us and that we're all grounded by. What happens there? Mm. Right. But to your point, Chris, yeah, there's a lot of stuff going on in the church where people have been, people have been um, subjugated in many ways. They haven't been given a fair shake. They, they've been prematurely judged. Mm-hmm. They haven't been demonstrated. To, nobody's demonstrated God's love to them. Nobody has taken the time to get to know them personally and listen carefully to where they're coming from. Because a lot of times when we listen closely, we're going to hear things about people that blow us away. Even the people that we think are simpletons, which is a silly thing to assess about mm-hmm. someone right off the bat, you don't know. You don't know a person until you've listened carefully because even a fool looks wise when they keep their mouth shut. So you don't know who you're talking to until you've given them time to really open up and feel comfortable enough to be vulnerable with you. But that takes a careful listening ear and a slow spirit to become judgmental. You want to be very slow to judge, but you do need to measure things up as you do see them. Just don't be quick to make assessments uh, at a at a at a snap pace, take your time with assessing people. You might find a lot of good things in the waiting. Mm-hmm. And you know, it's interesting you say that because I took a seminary class, uh, faith and hip hop. Mm. Lo- one of my most favorite classes in seminary, and I'll never forget. Uh, this is one of the biggest lessons I learned. Is um, our homework assignment? We would have to listen to to rap music. Uh, now I'm a fan, probably you too, of golden age hip hop. You know, love it to death. I had, to, I had to listen to the new stuff, you know, stuff like after 2010. And truthfully, I just turned off. Mm-hmm. But my teacher said something poignant. He said, what if you run into someone on the street and that those lyrics that you're listening are how they talk? Yeah. And that's the vernacular. And my, my, my judgment, I had to check my judgment because I'm like, if I'm, I might be someone's only exposure to Christ. And if I turn them off, just like I turned off that music, I miss out on an opportunity to to reach out to them, like you said, to form that relationship, mm-hmm. uh, to talk to them about the experience. And so in order to help them, I have to know them. Yes. And so now I don't discount, and this is funny, I don't discount any music, um, but on the flip side, when I'm talking to people who look differently than me, have a different vocabulary, um, were born in a different era... I have to talk to them, you know, in love. But something else that you said as well, you know, even even with sweet words, that doesn't mean that we discount the truth. Yes. And so there there is a way to tell the truth in love, but in a way that doesn't compromise our values. Like we can't say Christ is, you know, Christ is for everybody. Uh, we can't say that no matter how you live, you're going to make it to heaven. You know, that's a lie. And on well, a, on on a cosmic scale. That's the opposite of sweet words because we're condemning people to um, eternity in hell. Mm-hmm. But if we tell people the truth in love, that's going to age well. And even after people get past the initial shock in some cases, 
they'll be able to see that you care about them enough to give them the words of life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's it's something that we we often dismiss just how important it is to speak truth in love. But a lot of times people misconstrue what that means as well because they don't understand what love is. So if you're not sure what love means, go back to the last episode of No Cap, episode four, and just scroll on to the end. You'll actually hear me read from the passage of 1 Corinthians chapter 13. Mm -hmm. You'll hear all about how the Bible actually defines love. So if you're going to be speaking the truth in love, it would be wise to go and figure out what is actually mm-hmm. what does love actually look like. There's so much to it, and it's not to be it's not to be cheapened with our own ways of cutting what love is. We like to we like to take things in and then make it our own, as though we could define something so fundamental. Right, right. You know, it's not just like the it's not just the feel good part. It's not no. the emotional part. It's you know, love, love is an action. You know, love love is intentionality. For us to talk to people and tell the truth in love, telling is an action. You know, we have to work. We have to invest. And that, that's why love is complicated. Um, j- just like telling the truth in love, just like using our words, because depending on the day, depending on the situation, it's so much easier just to, to cut, to cut back. Um, I remember back, um, and you probably can relate to this too, back in uh, grade school, back in the, in the, in the playground days when, mm-hmm. you know, your mama, you know, talking about your mama <laughs> on the playground. Your mama's so fat. Yeah. She man. used the equator as her belt. <laughs> but that's how we were conditioned. Your mama's so <laughs> small. She used a Dorito as a hang glider. <laughs> But, but you know, but we will be judged if you came back soft. Mm-hmm. If you if you came back and you you couldn't you couldn't get somebody get in somebody the way they got in you, you would be the soft dude yep. or or woman, and you know you just kind of you kind of lost that day on the playground. That's true. But but now it's it's not about that. You know, the scripture talks about leaving our childish ways in the past. And, you know, as we are grown up, we do the, the grown up things, the harder things, arguably. And, you know, speaking the truth in love, trying to remove judgment, uh, being honest and transparent about our inability to be loving all the time. Yes. Um, I think that is key as well, because, you Shoot. know, me being in seminary, I still have the same issues yep. <laughs> with with most everybody. It never stops. Yeah, it never stops. Never stops. And I mean, I know you. I know you wrestle with stuff as well. You know, it's just one of those things. I trip every day. I look That's around real. and I look at myself, and I'm like, my goodness. One day I'm hot on fire and and fully in love with people and thinking like, yeah, I got this. That's probably more a product of my neurotransmitters mm. working appropriately and uh, having enough of the replenishment from good night's sleep. Uh, I think it's typically more about that than it is about me being filled with love on the regular, uh, which is a shame, which is kind of a shame in itself. The only way that I'm consistently loving is when I'm tapping into the, to the power of the spirit by spending time with the heavenly father, by going to Jesus, staying repentant, t- keeping myself turned away from my sin and my flesh saying, Lord, please give me more of the spirit. Please increase my measure of faith. Please give me more hope and, uh, and a desire to be honest in my heart 
not to lie to myself or anyone else, not to try to hide like Adam and Eve did in the garden once mm-hmm. their sin was known to them. They realized, uh-oh, we're naked. We're ashamed. Why do we know these things? Oh, goodness. Now we're afraid of God because it's, it's, everything's opened up. The Pandora's box has been opened, and we don't know how to put it back, and we are terrified. So they felt that separation. They felt the, the weight of the judgment from their sin already, which is a crazy thought. So, yeah, we really need to spend the time with the Father in prayer every day consistently to make sure that we're able to get that that wellspring of of water, that living water that I keep referring to, that Chris keeps referring to in all these podcast episodes so that we can be full Mm -hmm. of the presence of God in us. Think of yourself as a vessel. God wants to fill you. He wants to give you all of the things that he knows are necessary for you to fulfill his good purposes and will to bring the kingdom to this earth. He wants to fill you up, but it's up to you to build the disciplines and trust God to help you to mature and to spend time around other people who are mature to to also become more mature so that you can stay filled. Mm -hmm. The key is staying filled, but how do you stay filled? Well, I can tell you right now, Chilling on Netflix and being on YouTube shorts and reels and Instagram and filling your eyes with darkness is not going to draw you into the light and fill you. It's actually going to deplete the resources God wants to give you. It's going to fill your whole body with darkness if you fill your eyes with darkness. The eyes are the lamp of the body. So whatever you put through your eyes is what you're going to be filled with, light or darkness. The cool thing is you actually get to choose. Mm -hmm. Some might not think that's cool. They almost wish it would be like, you know, an automated process like many things are because they want ease of access. They don't want to actually take responsibility and do the hard work in order to feel so gratified. They want the instant gratification, not the delayed version. So I'm encouraging you, do the delayed version. Spend time building up disciplines asking God to fill you, spending time with the Lord himself so that you can start to get a sense of who he is and how he operates. Because the closer you stay to him, the more you're going to experience him. The more you experience him, the more you're going to become, I would say, regulated Mm -hmm. to the way that he wants to use you. And the the feelings you'll get, the the signals that he'll give you to demonstrate when he's telling you to, to go, to do something specific. Now, there are certain commands in the Bible that are just, they're non-negotiables. They're things that we're to be doing all the time. Uh, For example, uh, loving others as you love yourself. Mm -hmm. But that's where you got to pray, God, help me to be loving. Help me to learn how to be sacrificial in this way so that I can obey you. Help me to give up that part of myself that I want to hold because I think I am justified to do that because it feels right to me. And help me to give up that sense of wanting to hold the feeling and justify and rationalize my own behavior to take on what is best for me that you've told me is best for me. Help me to do that, Lord. So yeah, I'm going to kick it back to Chris here. I'm going to give him the nice little volley. Wow, man, you you gave me a lot to unpack. Um, I did. I, I, I realize now that God loves food. Can you think of all the scriptures tied to food? Can you think of taste and see the Lord is good? You know, yep. all, all these images. Um, so there there is some importance... But I also want to go back to something that you said, mm-hmm. we do have to watch what we consume. 
Yes. Because even even the way that we speak, you know, sometimes we're conditioned that if we watch certain things, have certain things pour into us, it impacts the way we think. It imp- impacts the way that we we speak. Um, I do want to promote YouTube because that's how people see us. Yeah. So if if you watch it, if you're watching us right now, great. You know, let that be part of the equation as you're walking um, and growing towards God. But as great of a tool as social media is and Netflix and all that stuff, mm-hmm. you know, not not everything that you see is beneficial. Um, so there is a certain measure of of wisdom that you have to use. Um, another thing I want to unpack is, um, and you actually reminded me of this, when when bees sting you, they die. You know, when honeybees sting you, they they die. So you can't, can't just go around stinging everything. You have one shot. Um, but also that speaks to the truth. Um, sometimes the truth doesn't feel too good. Um, and as we look through church history, there are people that have died because of what they believe. Um, so this is not an invitation for everyone to die. Um, just want to be very, very transparent that there are some parts of this equation that are not going to be easy. You know, not they're not going to feel good at all. And that whole thing about telling the truth in love, you might lose some friends. You might lose some family members. Yep. Um, you know, scripture, scripture lays it out so explicitly how the gospel is going to come between people. Come between parents, you know. Come between um, your spouse. It it is of it, it's going to be tough, but that's where we also pray for. Oh man, my man is bringing it up right now. I have to. Yeah, yo, hit it, man, hit it. I have to. Give me a second. Yeah, so no Say other. Say words. Yeah. So so saying more <laughs> words that hopefully are like honey, so you can taste and see. Um, there there is a lot that we have to consider. But just let this be an opportunity, like my brother said, to ask God for help in the moment. Ask God mm-hmm. for wisdom in the moment. Lord, please provide me with the words to speak so that I can love on this person. Um, yo, dude, I think that's the alley-oop for you, man. Here it is. Luke chapter 14, verses 26 through 33. I'll I'm not going to speed read, but I'm going to keep it flowing. Yeah. If anyone comes to me and does not hate his own father and mother and Mm. wife and children and brothers and sisters, yes, and even his own life, Mm. he cannot be my disciple. Whoever does not bear his own cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. For which of you, desiring to build a tower, does not first sit down and count the cost, whether he has enough to complete it? Otherwise, when he has laid a foundation and is not able to finish, all who see it begin to mock him, saying, This man began to build and was not able to finish. Mm -hmm. Or what king going out to encounter another king in war will not sit down first and deliberate whether he is able with 10,000 to meet him who comes against him with 20,000? And if not, while the other is yet a great way off, he sends a delegation and asks for terms of peace. So therefore, any one of you who does not renounce all that he has Mm -hmm. cannot be my disciple. That stung. And that, that stung. <laughs> and it will sting. And like many of the bees who should go by the name Barb, when they sting, that little barb in that little stinger and that little abdomen catches tight. Mm-hmm. And when the bee pulls away, that whole abdomen filled with, I think it's, it's not, is it venom? There is poison, but it's also tied to intestines. Like the whole digestive tract just 
comes out. So they say, yo, I'm going to hit you with the entrails. And mm. they just, they go grimy on you. They they show you they got guts. Yeah, literally. So there's something really important about that, though, because the bees not only make the honey that is sweet with the truth, sometimes the truth stings. Mm -hmm. And sometimes that stinger does not let go. It's a, it's a ruthless, relentless reality that you're going to get hit with. And the pain that your body endures, your body will never forget what happened to it, which is a, it's a blessing. Mm -hmm. Because when you're hurt like that by the truth, it means that you're going to have to deal with the tension of the truth until that truth is fully manifest in your understanding or at least manifested to a level where you can apply it, where you can have some understanding to say, all right, God, I feel you. I, I, I get what you're saying. I see the call you've placed on me. I'm not ignoring it. I'm going to I'm going to follow through. I'm going to do what I got to do. Wow, man. Yeah, it's it's a lot. And I know talking about pain and discomfort isn't real sexy, so to speak, because you know, we, 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 we flee to, uh, to comfort, the things that make us comfortable, the things that are easy, the things that we're, we're just mindless, you know, just do it, automatic. Mm -hmm. So this is very contrary, just like when those words were written, it was very contrary to the way things are. But a couple episodes ago, especially when we talked, we talked about our faith, you know, coming to faith journeys, you know, the, these journeys were rooted in, in pain. Yes. And so when my brother's talking about the importance of pain, it's not that we flock to it. You know, we're not masochistic or anything like that, but no. it's finding meaning in the pain. It's like pain has a great way of, of interrupting us. Mm -hmm. And in that interruption, God is able to, to work amazing things. And so just because it's hard, just because it's not popular, as long as it's rooted in truth, truth will definitely age well, then there's an opportunity for redemption. There's an opportunity for growth. And at the end of the day, even though it may hurt a little bit, if it's the truth, it's as sweet as honey. Mm. You know we both like honey. Yes, sir. I like it buckwheat. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I'm back. I'll tell you what. You might you might like this. Uh, when I was in Germany last time, my father-in-law had this amazing honey from Finland. Mm. And, bro, I ate that thing till I was Finnish. <laughs> <laughs> I'm done with you, dude. <laughs> Yo, I'm done with myself. Oh, my goodness. So, peep this. This has been Internal Explosion, the podcast, episode number 13, Honey. So we're just, again, so thankful that you take the time out of your day to watch this podcast and to consider the things Chris and I have to bring. We're just serving as ambassadors for Jesus. We want you to hear the truth. We want to sow the seeds that we're responsible mm -hmm. for sowing, and we hope that they reach fertile ground, fertile soil in your heart. We love you all, and we mean that. If we, if we don't know you and we ever get to know you, we will do our best to love like Christ. Amen to that. And again, thank you so much for checking us out. Have a wonderful day. Bye. Did do we wait? Did we sign off? Did you do your name? Ooh, I'm Benny J. Yeah, because all I wanted to say is it's the miracle of Collegeville here in the building. Miracle of Collegeville. <laughs> Benny J is off the pill. What pill you ask? Pill. I'll never tell. But you don't even want me to have to spell. Whoa, Ben, this oh. rhyme is starting to smell stanky.
All right, we done. That's a wrap, folks. Done. D-U-N-N. Finish. All right, Dunny. <laughs> Have a good one, folks. Solid half, man. Solid half.